Shabbat Shalom and good morning, everyone. I'm Rabbi David Levine, and this is live from home. And Sandy and I are so glad to welcome you into our home again this morning. Uh, I want to welcome all of our Beth Israel Messianic Synagogue members. It's so great that we can connect with each other this way. And even though we're far apart physically, this really brings us close together. And it's exciting that you can participate for us and with us in this way. And also a special welcome to all the podcast listeners who are joining us on Facebook Live now. All of you around the world, special greetings to you. We're so glad that you could join with us. And um, this is Yom Shabbat. It's Saturday morning, April 4th, 2020. And we're gonna have a terrific morning together. Um, this morning we will join the Brian and Deanne Rose family, and they will lead us in Hebrew prayers and worship. And then after that, we'll join Rabbi Yuri Korshin in his home, and I will join in again following that. So it's going to be a great time, and we're going to have a, a lot of time to connect with each other. And we're beginning this morning's uh, session. I want to encourage you to hit the share button on your Facebook page, and that enables you to share what's going on right now with your friends on Facebook so that they can join in as we're getting started. So share this with your Facebook friends. And also, um, if you don't mind, pick, find that like button and the following button and click on both of those. And that's sort of like a subscription to this page and when there are updates you'll be notified one more detail that that I struggled with technical detail with Facebook and I feel like I'm always discovering yet one more thing that I have to learn how to do sometimes you do need to refresh your page in order to get um, the Facebook live video showing on your page but I discovered that sometimes refreshing is not enough. You have to use another process called reloading. And I don't know the difference on all devices, but I can tell you I have refreshed at times and it did not do enough. And then I reloaded the page and everything showed up the way I was hoping for. It reminds me that everyone needs a geek. You need a geek, I need a geek. Each one of us needs someone who has technical expertise, who is willing and able to help us with some of the details that, that come to us. If, if you're new to Facebook or, or if you're new to being on the internet or using your computer or even your phone, if you're new, it's good to have someone who will take pity on you and have compassion on you and who can be useful to you. Sometimes it's a grandchild, sometimes it's a friend, sometimes it's one of the people who's commenting in the comment section and you can ask your questions and they can help you out. In any case, every one of us is discovering how to do these things through Facebook and how to use the different technologies that we're now depending on. So it's a good time to be learning, it's good to have your attitudes uh, as a learner lined up with a positive point of view, there's a lot to learn and there are going to be many opportunities to learn. Also, I want to remind you, you can use the comment section and that helps us connect with you and you with us, but also it helps you connect with other people who are joining us from the congregation. But I can tell you this, the comments can be a distraction. And there are times when you may find that you would just rather turn off the comment or at least hide the comments and you can do that and then unhide them they'll all be there in the future if you want to look at them that's what I did last night there were hundreds of comments I couldn't keep up with them I didn't even try what I did is just I, I hid them and then later on that evening I went through and read every comment hundreds and hundreds of comments it's so great that you're participating with us if you're if you're connecting with us and commenting and you're in another state or another country, please let us know where you're from so that we can enjoy connecting with you as well. So there's a lot going on and there's even more to come. We'll have extras that we'll be posting throughout the weekend that will help you connect with our Torah teaser provided by our cantor, Aaron 
Jacobs that'll be posted later this afternoon. We've got some dancing that we're going to be posting, and we look forward to young Gideon Sharkey uh, when he will be blowing the shofar. We're going to be connecting with that as well. So here we go for this morning. Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Let's let's join the Rose family for prayers, Hebrew prayers, and worship. Hello everyone, Shabbat Shalom, good morning. My name is Brian Rose and I wanna welcome you to this Beth Israel Messianic Synagogue um, live from home. I'm here with my family, um, my wife Deanne at the piano and my son Alex, my daughter Audrey and my son Brendan. And we're here to worship and to celebrate with you today. So we invite you to join with us we're going to begin this morning by singing the Shema. So if you're able to, if you know where east is in your house, you can turn and face east, face towards Jerusalem, and join us for the Shema. Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Israel shall keep the Shabbat, observing it throughout their generations as an everlasting covenant. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever, for in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. And it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another, and from one Shabbat to another, all flesh shall come to worship before me, says the Lord. They shamru bene Israel et ha shabbat la so dead ha shabbat they tore a tambourine They Shield, blessed art thou, blessed art thou, shield thou. 
Chaldeer built my life upon all this world reveres and wars to all I once thought gain I have counted loss spent and worthless now compared to this knowing you Yeshua knowing you His name. Amen. Well, thank you everyone. Shabbat Shalom. We're going to pass it over to Rabbi Yuri and Rabbi David right now. Um, it's wonderful to be with you in this way and I'm so looking forward to, uh, to seeing all of you again soon. Shabbat Shalom. Good morning and welcome into our home. Thank you, Brian and Diane and family, 
for beautiful, beautiful worship. I'm so happy to share this time with you and I thank you for joining us today. And I would like to ask you, please leave your comments and likes to us so we can know who is watching us today. Today's Torah portion is full of different rules and details about sacrifices and burnt offerings and all details were important. But what I found today, and I believe that often happened in the time of Moses, that many people get cut by details without understanding of the whole picture. The main goal of the ministry of Kahanim was not the set of rules, and we need to understand it. The main goal of the temple service was to bring people's attention to the Lord, to show them his mercy and the future sacrifice of the Messiah. This was the main goal. And also the idea of sacrifices was to bring presence of the Lord into Israel, that people of Israel would have living relationships with the Lord, would feel his presence. Can you imagine this moment? Presence of the Lord in the midst of Israel. We all know how important it is to have the presence of the Spirit of God in our lives. And today we pray for mercy over our country and over Israel and the whole world. We pray that many people would turn their hearts to the Lord and cry to his mercy, for his mercy. I'm sure the Lord has a power to stop this pandemic. And our parts as believers is to humble ourselves and to turn to the, to the Lord, turn to him. We desire revival and pray zealously, zealously for revival on this earth. For some of those who pray that prayer, revival means that the Lord will suddenly come, will suddenly change everything, and such change will require little or no effort from us. But I would like to read from the text today's, from the today's Torah portion. And it is in Leviticus chapter six, uh, verse five and six. And in some Bibles, it's verse 12 and 13. Please open Bibles with me and let's read together. Leviticus six, verse five and verse six. The fire on the altar is to be kept burning on it. It must not go out. Each morning, the Kohen is to burn wood on it, laying the burnt offering in order upon it, and burning up a smoke, the fat of the fellowship offerings. And verse six, fire is to be kept burning on the altar, altar continually. It must not go out. Today, I would like to draw our attention to several daily tasks of the priest. And this is very important, and it touched my heart when I read this place of scripture. The first idea, the fire on the altar is to be kept burning on it. Priest was to keep a fire burning on the altar day and night. This meant constantly checking, adding wood to the fire, when it needed to keep altar ready it wasn't clean and easy job for priests lay in the second idea laying the burnt offering in order upon it i like this word in order making sacrifices catching the blood and applying it to the altar laying those animals on the altar and watching until the sacrifice was entirely consumed by the fire. Priest's responsibility was a real task. This job didn't look so spiritual from the outside. It was hard work and a never-ending responsibility. It was difficult, but a very important job of priests. Now, when the priest had completed his part, only then the Lord would receive the sacrifice. It wasn't the other way around. The Lord did not come to do all the hard work, prepare the sacrifice, and then invite the Kahanim to join the ceremony. Not. And there's an important lesson to be learned from this. The point is that those who long for revival 
must take steps to set the stage for revival, for victory, for healing, for a, for a miracle. One more important place of scripture about revival and about our hearts and revival. It's in the second Chronicles chapter five, verse 14. And we know this place. It's one of the uh, very famous place of scriptures. Second Chronicles 5.14. The Kahanim could not stand to minister because of the cloud. For the glory of Adonai filled the house of God. It was a glorious moment. It was a moment of revival in Israel. People turned their hearts to the Lord. Presence of the Lord was so obvious for all Israel that even uh, Kahanim couldn't stand in the temple because of the presence of the Lord. Very often when we read this passage of scripture, we focus on how the glory came down, how the priest fell beneath its power. We reflect on what a glorious time it was. Yes, indeed, it was very glorious time. But before the glory of the Lord fell, the people put forth a tremendous effort to build a temple, to prepare sacrifices, to train and prepare the Levites, to consecrate the priests, and all of these supported by the generous and cheerful spirit of the people. This is the main idea today. In order for God to come in his glory, the priests had to prepare the altar and the sacrifice. It is so important to understand. There is another great example in scripture about the revival of an entire nation of Israel. And I love this place, it's, this passage is so, so rich, so important. And the whole chapter is a beautiful chapter. It's the first Kings chapter 18, verses 16 to 39. And I would like to read from verse 30. And I would like to remind, remind us that was the dark place, dark time for Israel. People fell from the Lord, but that the moment of their returning to the Lord. Verse 30. Then Elijah said to all the people, come near to me. So all the people came closer to him. Then he repaired the damaged altar of Adonai. Elijah took 12 stones, like the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of Adonai had come, saying, Israel shall be your name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of Adonai. Then he made a trench around the altar, large enough to contain two measures of seed. Then he put the wood in order, cut the bull in pieces, and laid it on the wood. And after all of this, verse 38, let's read what happened in the end. Then the fire of Adonai fell and consumed the burnt offering and the wood, the stones and the dust, and licked up the water that was in the trench. When all the people saw it, they fell on their faces, and they said, Adonai his God, Adonai his God. This is our prayer for today. Let America and Israel, all the world said, Adonai his God. What's the idea here? While many Jews were in fear, guided not by faith, but by fear, Elijah acted in faith, restored the altar. altar. And let's learn the lesson from the scriptures. The first and the most important lesson, let's restore the altar of our lives, in our lives. The altar is the place of worship and ministry to the Lord the very secret place in our hearts, both in my personal life and in community of believers. If some altar if you're in your life is broken down, if some portion of your relationship with the Lord has fallen into despair, now, today is the perfect time to seek restoration. 
And I would want to conclude with the place from Brit Hadashah, and I believe it is so important to us to grasp this idea. It's the first Peter chapter two, verse four and verse five. First Peter chapter two, verse four and verse five. Let's read together. As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious. He's our Messiah, he's Yeshua, it's about him. And verse five, you also as living stones have been built up as a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Messiah Yeshua, amen. Thank you so much. Let's welcome Rabbi David from his home. Rabbi David. Shabbat Shalom, Rabbi. Thank you shalom, for sharing. Rabbi. Thank you so much for sharing from that passage that uh, you were teaching us from the Torah and then the other passages as well. It's useful for us to, to look at the Torah readings, the Haftorah and the Brit HaKadoshah readings together and to think about how they apply to us in our day, in our time. I'm thinking right now about this question, how do we take the insights of the scriptures and apply them to our own lives right now? And how do we, how do we consider the fact that we are in the middle of a pandemic, it's just emerging in our area, but we're perhaps not in the middle, but at the beginning of this pandemic, but other places certainly are in the middle and some are deep, deep within it. How do we connect what's happening with us and with people worldwide with the story of Passover and the things that God did for the children of Israel at Passover and also the things that he wanted the children of Israel to retain, to hold on to for future Passovers? And I want to introduce just an important idea that it's so important, I believe, for us to focus on objectives and purpose as we're going into Passover, focusing on the desired outcomes and, and the reasons why we're doing things. If I could put it this way, there are people who can focus on the details of how to do certain things, forgetting the why, forgetting the purpose or the result that we're aiming for. As an example, people could take a Haggadah, which could be quite lengthy for them. It could be a new experience. Um, but for, for many Jewish families who are familiar with Hebrew and with Jewish traditions, even the full Haggadah is a daunting proposition. And sometimes it's just too much and you have to edit, you have to select. But the Haggadah is not what we're serving. We're serving the Lord. What's important is not that we become masters of using an Haggadah. What's important is that we become, we become experienced in keeping the Passover as people who have faith in God and are trusting God. In Exodus and in other places in the scriptures, there are some lessons about Passover that I think are useful for us. And they follow a cer certain form that when you're, when you're celebrating Passover, your son may ask or your children may ask some questions like, why are we doing this? Why are you doing this? What does it mean to you? And that is an important question. That, that kind of question is purpose-driven. It's purpose-oriented. Why? Why is this important to you? Why are we doing it? That's different than how do you do this? Have I done it exactly right? Did I get the Seder plate perfect? Do I have exactly the right kind of bitter herbs? What about the lamb shank bone and all these other things that go on to the Seder plate? Have I gotten that perfectly? Do I know how to say all the prayers correctly? That can be misguided, I have to say. The focus for Passover should not be on our tradition alone. It shouldn't be on Jewish law 
alone, but rather the focus on Passover, according to the scriptures, should be to draw our attention to, to cause us to think about what God has done and what God has done for us. Not just what God did historically in the past for others, but what he has done for us as a group of people who are alive now. But then to go even further, what has God done for me? It's important to be able to answer that question. And, and that's why it's very useful for us to think of Passover as a time of year when we add or deepen the spiritual qualities of our relationships with our loved ones, with our family, and even with our friends. It's a time to connect our lives with, with God and with other people and with God's people. It's a time to remember as well, a time to uh, stir up our, our memories because remembering what God has done is powerful. When we remember what God has done for others, it helps us remember what God has done for us. When we remember what God has done, it helps us continue in faith as we're going through challenges today. God's faithfulness yesterday helps prepare us for today. It's very important to remember the Psalms talk about the dangers that Israel faced when Israel forgot what God had done. And that helps me understand just how important it is to focus not on the minutia of a Passover Seder, but really on the great purposes and to connect it to our lives and our lives now. And it also helps me understand something that in times of urgency and trouble and uncertainty like we're experiencing, we may be asking this question, what's next? We may be surprised. We may actually gear up and be prepared. We may feel quite solid and ready to face what we imagine is next. But then what actually happens may be different than what we prepared for or what we imagined. Or we may be like those in ancient times who thought the Exodus would be a one and done thing. When God got us out of Egypt, that settled everything. In a sense, it was the beginning of a series of processes for the children of Israel. And you know the story, I think, I hope you know, that when the children of Israel did leave Egypt after the Passover night, they went to, under the guidance of the Lord and Moses, they went to the Red Sea where they were trapped in a sense. And God used that to prepare Israel for another another kind of learning, another kind of experience. And when they got through the Red Sea, and when they saw the armies of Pharaoh drowned in the Red Sea, they saw the victory that God had won for them, they entered into a new kind of, of worship, a new kind of celebration and song and dance. And it was a very important time. Uh, they said, who is like you among the gods? A new kind of worship developed. But there were those who thought, okay, now we're settled. This has happened. We've concluded this important second moment. And now it's just a matter of a straight shot to the promised land and everything will be okay. But I think you may know some of the history of the Jewish people, the children of Israel from that time, well enough to know it wasn't just one event getting out of Egypt. It wasn't just two events getting through the Red Sea. It was stage after stage, time after time. And I think it's important for us to learn to stay focused on the Lord so that when we face what's next, whatever that may be, when we face what's next, we're facing it together and in a spiritual way. It's so important to have this perspective as we're preparing for Passover. We will be celebrating Passover together as a mishpocha. We're working on the details this weekend so that we can put it all together and let you know. But set aside time for Wednesday evening to join with us. We will be on Facebook Live. And we may, we may be on the same page we're on right now. We may be in the mishpocha group, which is a closed access group for the congregation and for those who are close with us. But we'll let you know. Stay tuned. We'll post information. We'll share it with you. If you have been part of the Beth Israel community, you will hear from us ab about these things.
So be on the lookout, look for news and information about the details uh, later this weekend and early next week. Now to get ready, we can tell you something. If you have the ability to, to gather some matzah and grape juice or wine so you can participate with us, that's great. The two other food items that are really the essentials according to the scriptures would be lamb and bitter herbs. If you can assemble all of those, if you can put them together and have them available for your Passover Seder with us, that would be enough. Dayenu, it would be enough for us. If you can't, for some reason, have all of that, if you have any of it, then use what you have. If you have the means to order for a delivery and get some, some special things sent to you uh, through the grocery store channels, that's fine. But if you don't, do the best you can with what you do have. Make, make this into a time that really is focused on the purpose and the spiritual meaning and the application for us in these times. Don't get lost in such complexity that you feel disappointed that you weren't able to do Passover in the ways that are right and correct. I'm calling this the essential Passover. We'll celebrate together with some simplicity. It will be simple and strong as a Seder. We, we may not follow all the traditions. You know, we are the unorthodox form of Judaism, Messianic Judaism. And there are times when we'll do some things that others won't do. We'll do it in a way that others might not do it. But I can tell you, we'll always try to be faithful to God in the ways that we do things. And we'll, we always will try to learn from the scriptures how to do what we're doing. There were times in Israel's history we read about in, in the writings and the Ketuvim and in the prophets, Hanavim. We read about the times when Israel had, had grown far away from God and far away from the instruction and the teachings that God had given. But you know what was connected with their revival? They rediscovered the scriptures. They rediscovered the Torah and the other writings of the Tanakh, and they took them to heart. It's not that they were trying to figure out the law in the minutia, but they were trying to do the basics. And when they rediscovered, for instance, Passover, it was so important for them to keep the Passover as they could. When they discovered or rediscovered Sukkot, it was the same thing. It, it teaches us this, that if you're going to build your practice as a Messianic Jew, as a Messianic believer, if you're going to build your practice of the holidays, the very best thing you can do is to become familiar with what the scriptures have to say about those holidays. Read in Exodus about the Passover. Read several chapters there that uh, help you understand what happened and what you can do. Read the story of revival Passovers in Israel with, uh, that are mentioned at different places. And also read about Yeshua's Passover with his disciples. When you do that, you'll be filling yourself up with, with direct knowledge that will help you participate with us. For instance, you can read in Matthew 26, but three of the gospels have this account. Matthew 26 verse 17 talks about how Passover came and the disciples of Yeshua asked Yeshua a question, where do you wanna keep Passover? And he had made, the, he had made basic arrangements, but they, need to make, they needed to make the rest of the arrangements. They had to put together the food and everything else that was necessary. He, he worked out the place, they had to work out the details. And they did. They put their effort in, as Rabbi Yuri was talking about. This is one of the things that we learned. We do need to put the right effort in. And when we do, it becomes foundational for us and it becomes useful, not just for us, but for other people. When we put the right effort in, everything we do becomes meaningful to us. When it becomes so complicated that we get overwhelmed with the details, we can lose the joy and even forget the very purpose. We could get exhausted trying to prepare for Passover, and then when Passover comes, we just want to get through it and get it over with. That would be the wrong way of preparing. Better to keep it simple, 
better to do it with a clean heart and a simple heart, better to do it in fellowship together with the Lord and with a few who are dear to you, better to do it even in the ways that we're going to do it, where we're going to connect online and, and be live together celebrating. Whatever it takes, we'll figure it out. Whatever it takes, we'll do the best we can. And we will keep it simple and we'll be strong in what we're doing because we want to be focused on the life of faith. So check this Facebook page if you're a member of Beth, Beth Israel or close to us and part of the Mishpocha. Also check the Mishpocha group page so that you can stay in touch with us as we figure these things out. Remember this because the questions come up. The Mishpocha group is different than a lot of groups on Facebook because we're using this as a way that Rabbi Yuri and I, Rebetzin Sandy and Rebetzin Ina, can share important resources with you. We are, we are curating resources from our leaders and from others who we're connected with, and we'll be posting those as well. We've been asking some of the congregation to uh, provide for us some particular resources and we'll share those as well but this is not <clears throat> this is not a big chat room for beth israel you can use your own facebook page for that and begin to set up your chats with your friends and your social circle and and you're part of the mishpacha at beth israel but we'll be a little bit different we'll post some of the details about that on the mishpacha page but i wanted to say that to everyone now because there are some people who found that they were trying to post on the Mishpacha group page, and they got a notice that their post had to be approved, and then it didn't get approved, and they were taking it personally. It's not personal. We're just trying to follow a, a, a group purpose that helps us understand how to proceed. So it's a little bit different than some other groups you may be familiar with or a member of. It, it will, I think, be useful because it'll be focused, and everything will be curated. Very similar to how we might operate if we were together at, for instance, a prayer meeting or at a regular Shabbat service where you're, we are curating what happens together and we're making sure that together we have a fantastic experience. I wanted to ask Rabbi Yuri to share with us some additional thoughts that he has. I know there are a lot of things that are on his mind, a lot of things about the, the congregation, the mishpocha. And so Rabbi Yuri, if you can join us again and just uh, share with us some of the things that, that you want everybody in the congregation to know about today. Thank you, Rabbi David. Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing an importance of um, simple worship, the Lord, worship in the Lord, and it's so important. I remember uh, times in Ukraine when we had to discover from scratch, from zero, how to... Uh, to have Passover or how to celebrate Sukkot because we were communist country and we had no experiences. And, but what's important that we had right heart and the Lord, he, he moved power with his power. And thank you, Rabbi David, for your input and um, for your ministry. And thank you, Sandy, for your ministry and for your input in Ukraine. I remember the times when we had to do some interesting things there and it's really connected with the idea of um, connection with the lord the idea of ministry to the lord with our full hearts with our simple hearts thank you so much so i i believe it's very important to keep the lord uh, in front of us is to keep his love in front of us is to think about him is to do everything we can to please him and to build this uh, altar in our hearts so thank you so much what i want to say that uh, and really touched my heart that thank you so much for your love for your prayers because we are mishpacha thank you for caring um, about us and about each other i want to say that we love you so much rabbi david rabbits and sandy me ina we love you so much we pray for you we're always thinking about you and uh, sharing ideas how to pray for you and how to help you and if you have any problems, any needs, any prayer needs, please share with us. We will pray for you. And what I want to ask you to, to, keep, to keep connected with people, to, to pray for each other, to, to, to reach somebody, to call somebody. This is, this is the time of opportunities. 
this is the special time for us to to stretch our hearts to reach other people with our love with our faith so many hopeless people around us so many people who really don't know what to do where to go where to seek for uh, an answer but we have an answer we know that yeshua he is an answer for us so please share this uh, great news of yeshua of his love with people around you and i believe when i think about um passover time this is passover time we are here we are in our homes we are coming to the place where we are praying in our homes trusting the lord and hoping on him his redemption for us so thank you so much for your love thank you so much for your care thank you for your prayers keep connected we are mishpacha we have this sense of mishpacha we are praying for for america for uh, israel for all the world and we we we, we thank the lord for everything he's doing in our lives thank you so much thank you Rabbi David. Thank you, Rabbi Yuri, for sharing that. When we were thinking about Passover this year and about our times in Ukraine and in the former Soviet Union, I, I remember that first Passover we did in Kiev <laughs> so many years ago as the Kiev congregation was just getting started and trying to establish like even an understanding of what to do for Passover. And we chose not to introduce a Haggadah at that time, but to have a really simple Passover that turned out to be uh, quite interesting and fantastic. There were a couple of things that we included in the Passover that were unusual, but I think were so useful. One of them is we had a time of foot washing like Yeshua uh, demonstrated for us. And he said, if you do this in the future, you'll be blessed. And so we had a time of washing feet and the Holy Spirit was just poured out in such a dramatic way. It was outstanding. However, it was a relatively small group, given the, the size of uh, the city, 30 or 40 people, something like that. But the foot washing process took hours because the Holy Spirit was just moving in such a strong way. There was such an outpouring and it was so it was so unusual, but it was so powerful that we didn't want to shorten it or abbreviate it anyway. So that made the rest of the Passover go even longer. And we had, we had said that there were three things that we needed for Passover, three foods. We could keep it simple, lamb and bitter herbs and matzah. And so we, we requested that. And then the question was, well, what kind of lamb? And we said, I don't know, how about a whole lamb? And I remember when Sandy and I were, were flying into Kiev and we landed at the airport there. And these were in rough times and very difficult times. But we were picked up uh, by someone who had a small SUV. And in the back of the SUV was a full, full whole lamb that had been butchered and was in the back area covered with a few sheets of paper. Now, I was, I was taken in that vehicle to a place where we were staying and Sandy with a group of others, uh, it came a different way. But when I got to my destination, the driver just dropped me off with the lamb. And I was standing outside in this public area with what could have been any animal, to be honest with you, the people could not have known who were passing by. Is this a lamb? Is it a Passover? Is this a dog? It was a strange situation. And I will never forget that. I'll never forget that Passover. It was formative and it was instrumental in, in helping us lay a foundation in Ukraine and in the former Soviet Union for the Messianic movement as we were there uh, during a great time of um, openness and development for the Messianic movement in Ukraine. What an experience. We can tell you more details over uh, a cup of coffee at any time, but I can tell you this, we were going for simplicity and we were going for strength. That was the purpose. We wanted an essential Passover at that time. It was not a full Haggadah Passover. It was not a halachic Passover. It was not the kind of Passover that uh, anybody had seen before, including me or Sandy. 
But I tell you what, it was an unforgettable experience. And it shaped that congregation. It shaped other congregations. It laid a foundation that even continues in many ways in the Messianic movement in the former Soviet Union. We did something really simple. We looked at the scriptures and we, we focused on the most important parts. We not only just focused on the food, but we also focused on telling the Passover story, making it come alive. So you've got three foods. It's really not complicated. You've got a story to tell, and then you've got personal application and implication to you. What does it mean to you? And sharing your testimony of God's um, goodness to you at Passover, the way that he's given you freedom, the way that he's given you life. That's part of the real Passover celebration. Don't get lost in the Haggadah details that cause you to feel awkward or too much of a novice or even to stray away from purpose by focusing on, on the how-tos. Instead, keep your heart really simple and well-focused. Remember the objective objective of Passover is to remember God, to remember what he's done, what he's done for us and what he's done for you, what he's done for all of us together and what he is doing. To connect that with our real lives today and to help us feel something like what it must have felt like back then at that original Passover. You know, in fact, we're living in a time that's so uncertain, just like that. A time when people are saying, what's next? just like that time. A time of shock and surprise, a, a time of great concern. In that way, it's very much like the original Passover too. And you can identify in some ways with what the Egyptians went through because as they were experiencing their plagues, it had, it had with it heartbreak in the same way that this pandemic does for many of us. And in the same way, the children of Israel had gone through the heartbreak of slavery, and they had been in a broken economic system where they were trod upon and abused. And they were wondering, is there really life for us? Where is God in the midst of all this difficulty? You may be thinking the same thing if you've lost your job uh, yesterday or this week, or your hours have been cut back, or, or some even doctors and healthcare workers have had to cut back their hours or stop working simply because many of the normal procedures that medical offices are performing cannot be performed during this time. So you may be wondering, where is God? Remember where God was. Remember what God has done in the past. Remember what he's done for others. Take heart in what he's done for others because it will help you understand what he'll do for you. As you celebrate what God does for other people and you make it a dream, joy for yourself as if it were your own joy, that prepares you for experience of, of God's very best. Well, I want to end with a few um, greetings. I want to greet all the youth of Beth Israel because this is a weekend when normally the youth gather together for a special time in, in the youth group and we don't have that youth group right now. So we're glad you could join us and we're looking forward to how we're gonna connect with you during the season. Shabbat Shalom to all the young people. And I wanna bring anniversary greetings as well again to the Cregans and the Fennelts. Yesterday was their anniversaries. It was the Cregans 44th anniversary and the Fennelts ninth anniversary. It was also Yaffa's birthday. And so happy birthday, happy anniversary plus one. Great to, to spend time with you this weekend as well. And one other reminder, share this event with your Facebook friends. Push the share button now, and that will enable your friends to connect, not only with this live broadcast, but when it's, when it's put back up on video, they will also be able to access it. If you like this page, meaning that's a Facebook term, if you choose the like button and engage that, and if you engage in the following button, you use following, it's sort of like having a subscription. You'll be notified when there are new things on this page, it'll help you stay connected more easily. But there are always challenges with Facebook. They're constantly changing the application, the apps. You have to keep those up to date and renewed. And if you keep at it somehow, I think it'll work together for good. Also, I wanna remind you that we'll be posting extras later this weekend. 
and we'll be having some dance extras as well as the Torah teaser with our cantor, uh, um, Aaron Jacobs. And his Torah teaser will be posted later this afternoon. Heard from the Sharkies and Gideon's doing much better and they're so thankful for prayers. He's not quite up to blowing the shofar yet, but next week when he is feeling better, they're gonna record Gideon blowing the shofar. We'll post that as an extra as well on our Facebook pages. So it's our custom at the end of each service to gather together and to say the ironic benediction together. I want to invite my wife, Sandy, to come and, and join me right now. Normally when we're at the synagogue, Shabbat Shalom, Sandy. Shabbat shalom. Normally when we're at the synagogue and, and I'm on the bima, Sandy will come up and join me and we will stand together and we'll say the ironic benediction. And so if you're with, with your family, you can gather with them. That six foot distance may not apply to you right now. It doesn't apply to us. We're together in uh, very close right now. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep watch over you and protect you. The Lord guard you and protect you from all harm and evil. The Lord lift up his face to you and give you his peace. In the name of Yeshua. Amen. 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 So we say Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom from our house. We're now going to return to the Rose family and we'll have one last worship song together. Shabbat Shalom, everyone. forward to seeing you all very soon. Shabbat Shalom. Bye guys.